Well, hello, everybody, and God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible Teaching Channel of a Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. If you're out there listening or watching, I know um, this is actually live, but um, it will be out there as a recording as well, both in audio and video format. So if you are listening, listening to the previously recorded version of this and not the live version of this, um, we'd still love to hear from you. You can reach out to us. Uh, go to our website, aloveoutreach.com, and fill out the contact form, and we'd love to hear from you and know where you're listening from or where you're watching, watching from. Of course, you can comment on the video on YouTube if you are watching it. But... Um, yeah, so it's good to be back again for another Wednesday Night Live. Those of you that are watching live, if you want to just, you can, you can comment if you'd like. Let us know where you're watching from. Also, as always, would love to pray for you if you have any prayer requests. Um, how's the sound? Okay. Um, yeah, so if you have any prayer requests, we'd love to pray for you or encourage you in the Lord in any way that we can. Um, to help you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to go ahead and do kind of a little teaching through. If you, uh, if you, you might be fooled by the fact that I called this the Lord's Prayer. And the reason I say fooled is because it might be just a little bit of a curveball. Because ordinarily when we think about the Lord's Prayer, we think about the Our Father. You know, Our Father which art in heaven. But... Um, this that one could actually be called the disciples prayer because that's what Jesus taught the disciples how they should pray they should pray in that manner with that format but tonight we're going to be looking at what is actually the lord's prayer the prayer that the lord prayed which is John chapter 17 so if you are in a position where you can do so grab your bible Open it, open it up to John chapter 17, and we'll be going through those verses in that chapter tonight. It is in the New Testament, the fourth book in the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I see that Pam is watching from Williamsburg. Good to have you here, Pam. Thanks for being here. But yes, John chapter 17 giving you a moment there if you'd like to follow along to go ahead and grab your bible and open it up there and we'll kind of kind of go through this and um, just comment as i go through but um if you have any comments or you know anything that you'd like to give some input on in regards to this feel free to do so uh, and like i said if you have any prayer requests please put those through as well and um I will pray for you for those things as well. So, but let's jump right on in to the word of God here. Jesus spoke these words. So we're in John chapter 17 again, verse one. It says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that, you, that they may know you, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Now, so we can learn a lot from just these first four verses here. Uh, first of all, verse in verse one, we can get a glimpse of Jesus's posture in prayer, right? Oftentimes we think of bowing our head and closing our eyes, and obviously there's nothing wrong with praying that way, whichever way you're comfortable with. But it's just neat to see that Jesus, you know, tilted back his head and looked up into heaven where his father was seated. I'm not trying to make anything out of this here. I'm just simply pointing out an interesting fact. And the good news is, is that we can pray without ceasing, right? We can constantly throughout the day be in an attitude of prayer, seeking the Lord in prayer, crying out to the Lord, calling on the name of the Lord, whichever whichever the case may be. You know, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, it says. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. So in everything, whatever you're doing throughout the day, you can constantly be giving thanks to the Lord and praying to, to the Lord. It says in verse 18, I'm reading right now from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. So whenever you have an unction to pray, pray. Don't quench that desire. Don't quench the spirit. Sometimes it's good to get alone, and I definitely recommend that you do take times to get alone and, and pray, you know, but you can also pray wherever and whenever. Just lift up your eyes and call out to the Lord. We also see in those first four verses there the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. In verse one, we see how Jesus spoke in you know, terms of like father and son in the way he's communicating in this prayer. We're really seeing the heart of the Lord here. Right? And today, we have a relationship, we can have a relationship with the Father and the Son because of what the Son, Jesus, accomplished on our behalf. And when we believe on Him, we have the Spirit of the Lord within us. In verse 2, we see that Jesus has all authority over all flesh. That's you and me. That's everyone in the world. And, and with that authority, what can He do? He can give eternal life to anyone that comes to faith in Him, right? And what's the purpose for eternal life? Well, the answer is given to us right there in verse 3, that they may know you. He's praying to the Father again, right? That they may know you, the only true God, and, right, and also, right, that they may know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Okay, so that's... The will, that's the will of the Father, that we have that eternal life, that we know God. So when you hear people like me, and, and more importantly, when you see the scriptures talking, talking about knowing God and how we can know God, right? We can know how we can know Jesus. This comes about as a result of receiving eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, coming to Jesus. 
coming to Jesus. You can know eternal life. Then in verse 4, we see that Jesus finished the work. That, that he died, right? He took the sin of the world by being crucified. Now, as Jesus was praying here, it was time for him to be glorified. This is the point in his earthly life, his earthly ministry that he has now come to. It's time for him to be glorified, raised up, and seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And this will happen when he's crucified. And by the way, we also see in verse uh, 3 there that Jesus is the only way. God has given no other way to have eternal life. It's through Jesus and through Jesus alone, Acts 4.12, right? There's no other name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. Let's read on, verse 5. And now, O Father, so remember, Jesus is praying here, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you when before the world was. So again, so much to learn here. Jesus was simply being, was about to be restored back to where he came from. Go read the first 14 verses of John chapter 1 to see that Jesus was God in the flesh. But he humbled himself and became like you and me in order that he might redeem us. And Jesus' prayer continues here. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. Now, who's that? Right? Well, who is Jesus talking about at this point in the prayer anyway, right? He's talking about the disciples, the 12 disciples, and all of those that, that came to him when he was on the earth, right? He said, they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. You see, now it's up to you and me today who, who profess to know Jesus to do the same thing. That is to keep his word to be obedient to his word. Now, verse seven, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you have given me and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me. So do you see what Jesus is saying here, right? And the question is, is, do you today know and believe this? You can know for sure who Jesus is, and you can indeed come to him, to faith in him, right? But do you see here how Jesus said in his prayer that the disciples came to believe? Why? Because they were given the words of God by Jesus. Well, guess what? All of mankind has been given the word of God today, right? The Bible, right? All of mankind has been given the word of God today. You know, actually something's popping into my mind right now and I just want to share it with you. Um, if, if you haven't seen this video, uh, I don't remember where I seen it, but I know you can find it on YouTube, but it's of Chinese believers receiving a Bible for the first time. Look that up, Chinese believers receiving the Bible for the first time. Look at their reaction to the Bible. Look at their reaction to receiving this. 
you know, here in America, and I'm one, I've got, you know, I don't know how many Bibles I have all around me, you know, in, in the living room, in here. You know, the Word of God is precious, and the Word of God is powerful, right? And it does a work within our hearts. So here the disciples believed. They knew that Jesus came forth from the Father. They knew this because of the words that Jesus gave them. And he said that he gave them the words of the Father, right? And he says, I pray for them. In verse 9, I, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Now, right now, again, as, as we are going line upon line here, we see, we see a couple things happening, right? We see that Jesus is speaking directly about his disciples that are there in his presence while he's praying this, right? But we'll see, though, as we go on, well, first of all, we know here that Jesus is praying all of this because he knows that his hour has come. That is his hour to die. So he's praying for the disciples that were right there in his presence. But, but stay tuned as we go through this chapter here because we'll see there'll be like a bombshell moment for you and me as well as we read this. And I don't mean to over-sensationalize it, but you'll see what I mean when we get there. So again, Jesus praying for his disciples. I'll read verse 9 again. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, and they for they are yours, and all are mine, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. So this is the role of a disciple of Jesus, to glorify Jesus, right? We should live, a disciple of Jesus should live in such a manner that our lives glorify the Lord. Jesus goes on in verse 11. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. So remember, he's gone back. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. So this is the relationship. This is the relationship here that God wants us to have with him, to be one with him, to be in communion with him. How? Through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the way we come to God, through faith in Jesus Christ, and we have that unity. While I was with them, Jesus says in verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Who was that? Who was the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Judas, right? The rest of the world, no one else in this world is meant to be lost. You are not meant to be lost. You are meant to be in fellowship with God, right? And that's what Jesus is praying for here. And the way you do that is to come to Jesus, right? Through the word of God, through knowing, through learning the word of God, putting your faith in him, Right? Somehow, some way, you get the word of God. But now I come to you, Jesus says in verse 13, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So again, Jesus is presently right there in the presence of his, 
you know, disciples or, you know, he's in the world with them. Let's just say that, right? And he's praying this and joy. He's saying, joy, that's something else that the Lord wants for you and I, right? That's what he wants for us to have, that joy of eternal life. Yeah, there's circumstances in this life that can take away our happiness, right? But we can count things as joy in this life, even the, the tough times that we go through, because we know that in the end, this is temporary. This life is but a vapor. And we have an eternal life that we're going on to. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So you may have seen that bumper sticker or window sticker on a lot of cars that says N-O-T-W, right? Stands for not of this world. Well, this is where that comes from. Jesus is not of this world and those that, is, that are his disciples are not of this world either. Why is that? Well, because if you come to Jesus and you have the spirit of the Lord within you, your focus is different now. You've been renewed in the spirit of your mind, as it says in uh, Romans chapter 12. You've been transformed, right? Old things pass away. All things become new. So you're still physically in the flesh in the world, but you're not of the world, okay? Because God and through the word of God, you will get a different mindset than the rest of the world has around you. You will see things differently. You will be enlightened, if you will. Your eyes will be opened. You'll come out of darkness and into the marvelous light of the Lord. And Jesus says in verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So this is what the Lord wants us doing, shunning evil again. How does this happen, though? Through faith in him, being renewed in the spirit of our mind, like I just said. Old things pass away, all things become new, like I just said, right? And, and we're still in the world. We're still here for a certain period of time, however long that may be. We're passing through, but we're not supposed to be of the world, and we're supposed to be staying away from the evil one and, and what he tempts us to do, right? And what this world system does. See, because there is a system in this world, a pattern, a way of living, and, and, and all you gotta do, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's watching, who's listening, I mean, I, you know, to, to the recording of this or in the future, someday you came upon this, I, I don't know who's listening, but, you know, to me, <laughs> this world, I can't think of another phrase other than to say, going to hell in a handbasket, right? Whatever that phrase truly means, so pardon me, but, you know, it's going downhill. And, and, and you're either going with it or you're standing against it and you're standing for the Lord and you're glorifying the Lord in the way that you live your life and in the decisions that you and I make, the things that we do. You know, it, it's, it's something good to do to examine ourselves as to whether we're in the faith. What are we accepting? You know, we, we've got to be careful with that. We can't just 
accept everything that comes along. Matter of fact, we've got to hold it up against the standard of the Word of God and say, what does the Word of God say? This is, are we going to glorify the Lord and be not of this world? Are we going to be of this world so that we can receive glory in this world? So, he says in verse 16, they are not of this world or of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So there again we see it, right? The source of truth. The word of God. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the source of truth. This is the standard. Not what the world says. Not what you feel like. Not what you think is right. There is a way that seems right. But the end thereof is the way of death, it says in Proverbs. So it's not a matter of what we feel like or what we think it should be like. This is the standard. The Word of God. Now I'm saying this is the standard, but... It's really the standard only for those that commit themselves to the Lord, die to themselves, take up the cross and follow after the Lord. Then it should be your standard, right? And we see many churches going away. We see churches hold up the Bible and then put it down and never speak about it again for the next hour and then they're compromising on the things of the world. But he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants our sanctification. The Greek word for sanctify there is um, hagiadzo, hagiadzo. It don't, you know, don't hold me to my Greek pronunciations, but it's hagiadzo, I believe. You can look it up. Um, it, but it means to be separated Sanctified right there. It means to be separated from profane things and dedicated to God. Let me say that again. Separated from profane things and dedicated to God. Right? So it's good to examine ourselves. How can this happen? Again, it happens through the truth found in the word of God. And Jesus says in verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So what did his disciples do? They went into all the world and preached the gospel. Today I'm using the world wide web to go into all the world. I know all the world's not seeing this. But it's out there. And I'm doing this to preach the gospel, to point you to the Lord and to encourage you in the Lord, to be dedicated to the Lord yourself and separate it from the profane. We constantly have to remind ourselves of this as we walk through this world and especially as we see things waxing worse and worse as they say right verse 19 and for their sakes i sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by 
the truth. Now, remember I said about like the bombshell moment, I said, you know, he was talking to his disciples here, but, but this, is, this is a really cool part of the prayer right here. To me anyway, this is awesome. In verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus was about to be crucified, dead and buried, rise from the dead, walk on the earth again, ascend into heaven, and ever be seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. But now he's praying right there in verse 20, for all those who will believe on him because of the words that his disciples would preach. Where do we find the words of his disciples? I'm picking up my Bible here a lot, aren't I? Here's where we find the words that they preached. If you have come to believe in the Lord through the words of his disciples, right, then you're one of these ones he's praying for right here. And secondly, there can be other disciples of Jesus that bring the word of God to you such as I'm doing tonight, right? There's many people out there that are preaching the gospel in the pulpits and churches, hopefully, and throughout the World Wide Web. The gospel continues to go forth. But all I really hope to do is to encourage you to come to know the words of Jesus. If there's anything that I say that's outside of the word of God, then don't listen to it. Put it, hold it to a test. Be like the Bereans of Acts chapter 17, right? Who go and, and see what the Bible actually says. That's what you really need to do. But Jesus was praying for you and me here, and today he still makes intercession for us. Go ahead and read um, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, and you'll see what I mean. The Lord makes intercession for us. So what, you know, was his prayer for present day believers, those that would come after him, you know, those that would believe on him after he had ascended back into heaven and the disciples continued to go forth and all of this got written down. What's his prayer? Verse 21, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So that's the desire of the Lord, that the world may believe that God sent Jesus to be the king of our lives, the master, the Lord, our lives dedicated and surrendered to him, separated, not of this world, that's what he wants. He doesn't want us to, he wants us to be one. He doesn't want us to be divided, to be bickering with, with each other and having schisms in the body, as the scripture says, but to be one. The body of Christ can be a powerful force in bringing others to faith in Jesus Christ. And this was Jesus' prayer, and this is how we should be living, right? And then in verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me 
and have loved them as you loved me. Do you see that? God wants the world to know that he loves them, that he loves you. He has demonstrated this love to us in Jesus Christ. And you can come to him today and you can separate yourself from the profane and you can dedicate yourself to God. This world is profane. And again, it's, it's just getting worse and worse, isn't it? And you gotta be careful. You know the old story of the, the what was it, the frog in the boiling water? I've never tested this, so I'm just passing something on here. <laughs> but you know, if you put a, a frog in a boiling pot of water, he'll jump right out. But if you put him in there and you just gradually, 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 they say, turn up the heat, turn up the heat, turn up the heat, he'll cook. And you gotta be careful that that's not how the world's influencing you and me, right? Just little by little. Here, will you accept this? Oh, you accepted that? Oh, will you accept this? Oh, you accepted that? And little by little, we'll find that we're, we're not separated from the world anymore. We're kind of in with it. We're of it. We're of the profane and not dedicated to God. So again, though, we see like there in verse, at the end of verse 24, where Jesus says, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. He, so we see that Jesus has always been and that he wants for us to ever be with him. Right there he says, uh, you gave me, let me read it again. Father, I desire that they also, that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. He's talking about where he's going. He wants us to ever be with him. Verse 25, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them, Christ in us, the scripture says, our hope of glory, Christ in us. So he says, let me, let me read that last verse again, right? And I have declared them your name and will declare it, that the love which you love me may be in them and I in them, right? So like we see there in verse 25, that they may know that you sent me, right? Do you know that? Well, guess what? If you're listening to this and you follow along thus far, you now know this. You now know that God sent Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For what purpose? so that whomsoever would believe on him, whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And Jesus is saying this in this prayer tonight. This is what I came to do. This is what I've accomplished. And we saw, we see Jesus' heart in this prayer, don't we? 
He came to make the Father known to a lost world. Because many people are without hope, as the scripture says, and without God in their world. They don't have Christ in them. They don't have that hope. And if that's you, and again, you've listened this far, then God's calling you to come unto him, to come to faith in him. He loves you that much. Will you love him in return? Will you now turn to him? You know, you can read the Bible. You can read the word of God for yourself. We're, like I, you heard me mention, if you were here in the beginning, those Chinese believers, look that up. It's such a powerful thing to me. I, I was going to try to show it on here, but there's copyright issues where I couldn't do it. But it's probably better anyway because I just weep while I was showing it to you. But, you know, you can know the love of God. You can know the purpose, the plan of God for your life, the will of God for your life. It's that you'd be in Christ Jesus and that you'd have eternal life. So I'll go ahead and stop for the teaching here tonight. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. I will go ahead and hang on for a, a moment here, a little bit here, to see if you have any prayer requests. There's a 20-second delay, at least, between what I'm saying and when you're hearing it. So if anybody's got any prayer requests, I'd be glad to pray for you. And uh, love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to us, I'll give you that information again. You can go to our website, aloveoutreach.com, and just fill out our, um, our contact form there. And, um, or you can email me directly, dave at aloveoutreach.com. Love to pray for you or encourage you in any way that we can. All right, well, I don't see any comments or questions coming in at the moment. So thanks again for watching. Thanks again for listening, whichever the case may be. And uh, I will go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for this good day, God. This is the day that you have made that we can rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us comfortless, you have not left us alone. You have given us your Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into all truth, who teaches and instructs us. And we thank you, Lord, for the written word. And Lord, all of those that suffered that we might have this Bible today, many people suffered and died for that. They were killed for the printing of this Bible. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that your word of the word stands the test of time and will continue to. Your word never fails. And I pray for each and every heart, every person that hears the sound of my voice right now, Lord, that you will continue a work in them. Because if they've heard this tonight, you've begun a good work in them that you will be faithful to complete. And it is you who works in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So continue to have your way in our hearts and minds, Lord, each one of us, Lord.
And we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, yep, not seeing any more comments, but God bless you guys. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for watching. Looks like somebody just joined us here, but we're signing off now. But uh, you can go back and listen to all this from the beginning. And uh, we will see you next time. God bless.